It's been almost two months, people, since Mr. Biden, Joseph Biden, Joe Biden, President Biden, moved into the White House. And he is already feeling the Middle East heat, people, on many fronts. That's where I'm from. Conflicts, nuclear threats, human rights abuses, diplomatic confusions, all challenging his administration's foreign policy priorities in this very turbulent region. So, what's unfolding in Middle East, people, and why does it really matter? I'm Ruz Aliabadi. Join me as in this episode of Ruzcast, we'll be discussing the Biden administration and the Middle East. So let's begin, people. Why don't we begin with Iran? As I have said before many times, several times, too many times, the Biden administration has, in a way, made it clear that re-entering the 2015 nuclear deal is a foreign policy priority. But re-engagement, Biden says, depends on Iranian willingness to rein in their hostile behavior. Well, Tehran, for its part, is saying it's up to Washington, in a way, to make the first move. Think about it. In recent weeks, however, Iran increased the ante, saying that it would block the UN nuclear watchdog IAEA inspectors from conducting snap inspections of some nuclear sites starting just next week, if the United States does not lift up these crippling economic sanctions. Surely this puts Mr. Biden in a very difficult position. He does not want to prove that naysayers are right, mainly Republicans, that the nuclear deal, which Mr. Biden himself in a way was involved in crafting as a vice president to back then President Barack Obama, is doomed to fail because the Iranians cannot be trusted. But he also cannot be seen to cave uh, in a way to a scheming adversary uh, just a month into his new job. So it's also a race against the clock. Why? Well, the Iranians will be electing a new president in June 2021. Let's move over to Iraq. A rare rocket attack last week on U.S. coalition forces in Erbil, which is north of Iraq, killed at least one U.S. military contractor and injured several more. In a way, perpetrators, widely believed to be Iranian-backed Shia militias, are baiting Biden to respond. On one hand, retaliatory measure in a way using forces would oppose President Biden's pledge to get less entangled and engage in this so-called forever wars in the Middle East and to continue Trump's policy of bringing U.S. troops home. On the other hand, can Biden really afford uh, to let this attack on U.S. military compound go unpunished? Well, the attack inside the Kurdish territory was likely the work of a small militant group, reflecting Western intelligence agencies' fear that pop-up Shia outfits are in a way gaining a foothold in Iraq, with obviously Iran's support, as the U.S. in a way seeking to decrease its presence in the country. When Biden gave a major foreign policy address just a few weeks back, he did not, yes, he did not even mention Iraq or Afghanistan. But recent events prove that he cannot just simply wish away those forever wars. Let's move to Yemen. Yemen's, in a way, years-long conflict has reached a new level in recent weeks, as Iranian-backed Houthi forces intensified an offensive on an oil-rich city of Marib, the last government, in a way, stronghold, and have also intensified drone again uh, drone attacks against in a way neighboring Saudi Arabia 
the United Nations warns that the unfolding crisis, in a way, could displace some two million people, in a way, deepening a humanitarian disaster that has already destroyed the country. Well, this escalation comes as Biden has moved to withdraw U.S. support uh, for Saudi mission in Yemen, seeking instead the Im- employ to employ in a way diplomatic measures to end the conflict. But the United States has also removed the Houthi rebels from the United States states sponsors of terrorism list to help open Yemen up for more humanitarian aid. Last but not least, Biden in a way reiterates that respect for human rights and diplomacy will be at the heart of the United States foreign policy in Yemen going forward. But the deteriorating situation on the ground as the Iranians are increasing their investments in the Houthis in a way makes a peaceful resolution of that conflict in the near term increasingly unlikely. Last but not least, least people, let's move to Saudi Arabia. In contrast to the Trump administration's cozy relationship with the Saudis, Mr. Biden says he will not tolerate the kingdom's, in a way, regional maneuvers and human rights abuses. On top of this, seizing its support for Riyadh in Yemen, the White House now says that it will speak directly to King Salman, who is 85 years old and relinquished control of daily affairs. While the move is widely seen as to kind of, in a way, sidestepping the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman and BS, the country's influence, in a way, influential de facto leader. But Biden's, in a way, step-neck approach appears to be working for now. The Saudis have extended several, in a way, olive branches, including releasing from a prison the high-profile women's rights activists. But here's the bottom line, people. Biden's priorities. The United States president's priority, yes, maybe COVID-19, here at home, economic recovery, climate change, and China. But the Middle East won't just cool down for him. And the United States is deeply, still deeply entangled in the region, whether Biden likes it or not. So we have to watch.